Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Howdy, folks. Happy Thursday. Um, we're going to have a pre show. Uh, musical pre-show we're going to talk about and then we'll get into uh, some of the action from last night and uh, a something that has not happened in 49 years of a competition between two division and geographical rivals uh but that's the pre-show Russ. although i heard rick jenrat say it but uh that's the clue but let's talk a little music uh there's a lot of tours this summer and some of them are real and some of them for lack of a better term are memorex and that's because you might have like live, live or memorex yeah i know you might have one real band member in it you might have two in some cases you might have two and then a one that's been in there for maybe 10 15 years so i'm just when we go through some of them it's kind of like do we think there there's enough real band there to see and then if there is would you see them well, let, let, me just, let me just throw throw this out because I thought about this, and maybe the, maybe there has to be an exception to the rule, but maybe maybe not. Everybody remembers the Leonard Skinner plane crash tragedy. Yes, and a few years after, there was a band, the Rosington Collins band, which right. a couple members of, and you know they started their own band. They were, I don't think they played, uh, they played Skinner material. They, they maybe during concerts and stuff like that, because they didn't have their own right. enough material, but they put out their own albums. They but did. then a few years later, there was a Leonard Skinner band that did not include, I think did not even include Rosington or Collins right. that included uh, Ronnie Van Zant's younger brother, Donnie. Yeah. Now, can we say that that you know there's a caveat to the rule because they died? They died in a plane, and I'm not laughing at it, but they but they no, died. No. All of them died. Still not real enough for me to see them. No. Okay. All right. So let's continue. So that's the standard. So first off, let's get the Genesis yearly rumor out of the way. It's a bunch of baloney. We know what's going to happen. Peter Gabriel's going to say no. He's going to wait. A few weeks yeah. until he feels like everybody's really waiting and chomping at the bit, and then he'll say no. Until until I see them like the Eagles at a press conference where they're all sitting there and they've released tour dates. Right, I'm gonna right. believe it's never happening. Right, tickets actually have to go on sale. Right, and believe me, if they do go on sale, they'll evaporate in about three seconds. They will. Okay, so that's out of the way. Now this morning. I wake up to, you know, John Anderson has a tour for a new album. I think it's got promise because it, it it's a compilation album of a lot of different people he's worked with, guys like Getty Lee, but also Steve Howe's on it. And so John recently, I guess when he was finishing up this album, played with Steve and they sort of got along. So he's <laughs> basically left the door open to play with Yes again because he's basically closed the door on Anderson, Rabin, Wakeman, which... <clears throat> we kind of figured there might be a limited shelf life. We were hoping for an album, but obviously the album didn't happen, and John blames it on management. That's fine. 
end of the day, if John Anderson joins, yes, and Alan White will still be in there, even though I know he had some neck issues, but I think they're fixed, and Steve Howe's there, and it's Jeff Downs, that's good enough for me. I go see him again. Yeah, it seems that there's two houses now. That's like well, now it seems like this is the only house now. Yeah, I mean, Wake. I don't know what Wakeman and Raven are going to do on their own. Yeah. I mean, you never, you never really had, unless it was the Union Tour. You never had Raven and Howe on the in the same right. band. Right. Actually, I know what Rick Wakeman's up to. Um, there's a um, there's a new show on Netflix by Ricky Gervais. Yes. I think it's like Life After Death. It's really good. If you like Ricky Gervais, you'll love it. If you don't like Ricky Gervais, you'll hate it. But Rick Wakeman commented on how good the show was, and Ricky Gervais answered him back. So there's another guy who probably is a fan, or at least of yes, at very least of Wakeman, and that's that's interesting. Anybody wants to be amused, go on to YouTube and 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 search Rick Wakeman Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, it's His, the best speech ever. It's the best speech ever. He has people rolling in the aisles because he's just it's it's politically incorrect and it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um, okay, but yeah, but uh, I mean, we talked about a couple other bands like okay. so like Fleetwood Mac. That's yeah. a no, I, I did. I did my research. You researched this heavy. Yeah. He did. John Mc John McVeigh, who was the original, not the original original, but the 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 bass player through the most popular era of of Fleetwood Mac. He had colon cancer. He's seventy three years old. He beat it. He is on the tour, and it's Christine McVeigh, John McVeigh, um, uh, uh, Mick Fleetwood, and Stevie Nicks from the original band. The only uh, member of the rumors. Band, you know the, the the popular incarnation of of Fleetwood Mac is Lindsey Buckingham, who's not on tour because he is suing the band for them excluding him from the tour. <laughs> and he's been replaced by Neil Finn of Crowded House, who's great, but he's not Lindsey Buckingham. And Mike Campbell, the former uh, guitar player, the guitar player from the former a really great guitar, the really great guitar player from the Traveling Wilburys and uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Right, but it's enough real band. It yeah, the sniff test. So I would say, is is the line of demarcation? Is it two members? Is it three at, members? It's at least two originals and one that's been in there for over a decade. So Anderson, Anderson, Wakeman, and Rabin would have yeah. passed the test. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, these days, when especially when you're talking about guys in their sixties. And again, and maybe you know, I have. I'm not looking at the chat room right now. There might be some some folks that don't care because they're older. But these are musicians that have stood the test of time. So I think if you get that many of them together, you're in good shape. Now I'm looking to see. Well, while you're while you're looking, the, the uh, Eagles. We, we, I don't think we thought that the Eagles, the current incarnation of the Eagles, passed the smell test. It doesn't because, because okay, you have Henley, you have Walsh. I mean, Walsh was an add-on. Yeah, uh, you know he like halfway through he repra replaced Bernie Ledden and, and Bernie Ledden was on the tour for a while. I don't know if he's still anymore, but um, Timothy B. Schmidt was the second bass player. So the yeah. only original member is is Henley. When when Bernie unless Bernie Ledden is touring, the only original original member is Henley. Um, Felder is no longer part of it because they hate each other. I will tell you, go see Felder on his own. He's fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a great guitar player, phenomenal. Yeah, guitar. Yeah. But it's but it's Timothy B. Schmidt, Fel, uh, uh, Henley, Joe Walsh, um, Declan uh, uh, Fry, who's the son of Glenn Fry, and yeah. Vin, and Vince Gill. 
And I love Vince Gill, but he's he's not Don Felder. He's he's not Glenn Fry. So it's like, yeah. I mean, it. And the Eagles ripped people off for too long too with their ticket prices. They were outrageous. Like it just everything was a farewell tour every year, and it was like two hundred bucks a seat. It was just silly. Now I, I, I okay, I, I know. I've got, one. I've got one here with. I got Foreigner. one. And I got one. Then we'll still, we'll start the show. Right. So Foreigner, who I love, right? I see. I saw Foreigner sticks at the Garden once back in about '85. That was a great show, and yeah. I saw a Foreigner four show. I've seen Foreigner with their current lineup. So you told me that Lou Graham might be playing with them. Now I know he played some shows with them. Right. But it doesn't look like he's on tour with them. It looks like so they really just have Mick Jones and Tom Gimble's been around since 92 and everybody else since 04, 05. So it doesn't count. Although I will give you a caveat and tell you these guys are very good, but it still doesn't count in my book. Well, the, okay, the one that doesn't count, even though it's like one of the original members is not there, it's the, it, well, there are two instances wait, of wait, that. It's going to be the monkeys? No, 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 no. Two, two instances of the most important member of the band not being there. Okay. One is Queen. You have Adam Lambert or or Paul Rogers replacing Freddie Mercury, and of course, you know Freddie Mercury is gone. Unfortunately, we yeah. I would love to see him live, but it, it can't. And I, I'm sorry, I, I I just can't I can't accept that's that's they, they say Queen with Adam Lambert. Yeah. Okay, and then it's Journey. With Steve Tajeri instead of Steve Perry, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't care if you have Neil Schoen and and the the original drummer and the original bass player. They they're you know they're inconsequential. Steve Perry is the voice of that band, and if you don't have him, even if you have a a, a guy from the Philippines who's a, who's a uh, um, you know a, a karaoke wonderkind, and that's how he how he got the job. I mean, I don't know anything about him. Wait, which but, band is this that we're talking about again? Journey. Oh, Journey. Journey. Yeah, I did see them once. Uh, I think the guy was a the guy got the job because he was like he did great Journey karaoke or something like that. He's from the he Philippines. Did. He did, but actually the drummer, who I think is the second drummer, but he's been there for a long time. Right. He actually sounds more like Perry than than the other lead singer, but I still don't think they passed that test that were or at least the criteria we're talking about. Even Queen, you know, Roger Taylor's there. So hold on, Roger Taylor's there. So it's, the it's the other three members: John Deacon, Brian May, Roger Taylor, and Adam Lambert, or and Brian May, or and or I'm sorry, and and uh, Paul Rogers. It's all you know. Obviously, there's Freddie yeah. is no longer here. I think they're. I'm going to give Queen a pass on it. I am, but Journey, I can't. No, we won't give Journey a pass. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh. Let's let's start the show. I'm sure. I'm sure people are like. Is this a hockey show or a fuck or a freaking Listen, music? Go, go to a hockey game and tell me you don't hear a Queen song, and then call me back. Uh, I think we heard three of them yesterday. Uh, hello, hockey world. Today is Thursday, March twenty first, twenty nineteen. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology, and I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Uh, there were four games in the NHL last night. We'll talk about those. We'll talk about um, a signing that we didn't mention yesterday. Um, and maybe take some questions in the chat. Eck uh, should be back tomorrow uh, for the show. Um, we'll start with the game that I went to, Russ, and as typical of uh, the Leafs and when they play in Buffalo, it was, I think, 90% Leaf fans. And this, this I, I did a radio spot this morning on Buffalo Radio, and they were saying, you know, the fact that, you know, uh, 
ninety percent of the you know mo- of the say of the fan base in Buffalo sold their tickets or left them open so Leaf fans could buy them. You know, is proof that this organization is going nowhere. And I'm like, no, no, it's not because even when they were going somewhere, the Leaf fans would spend money. Oh yeah, uh, to to buy tickets. I mean. It's I like ran into Indians fans. They travel, they go. It doesn't matter if the team's winning or not. Yeah, I, and you got to remember, this is the reason why. I ran into a couple of Leaf fans before the game yesterday. Um, I asked them, I says, where did you get your tickets? How did you get them? Secondary market. Uh, they paid like 290 bucks Canadian, which is a little over 200 American uh, for each seat. It was in the lower bowl in the 100 level, about 20 rows up from the glass. Yeah. Those seats at Scotiabank Arena would run you run you 500 Canadian. Yeah. Now, those, would, those would be platinum seats, I believe. So the season ticket holders from the Sabres, they're at a local bar watching the game and drinking with that money, and the Leafs fans are going to the game. They're paying for, they're paying for 10% of their season tickets. Yeah, with the money, if you know, if with the money that they get through, if it's like StubHub where they get, you know, they get a, they pay a fee to StubHub, but they, but they get most of that money. So I, I don't, I don't blame them. The Sabers aren't going anywhere. And if you, you know, if, if you want to go and contend with a whole bunch of Leaf fans, if you want to avoid yeah. that, then you just sell the tickets. I get that, but yeah. um, the game itself, uh, the Leafs dominated shots on goal. They uh, there were over forty shots on Carter Hutton. Carter Hutton, you know, played pretty well. And this is the thing that, from the Leaf perspective, I think is a little bit disconcerting. They dominated that game the first two, I'd say, two and a half periods. Right. Dominated it. They were only up three to one. And once Alex Nealander scored to make it three to two, it was the second of back-to-back games. They fell back a little bit. They held on. They got an empty net goal. But the Leafs had over forty shots. They had a couple, at least a couple power plays, maybe three. They only scored three goals, and they the, the game was against a team like Buffalo, and that game was in question up until the final minute of regulation. You know, that's I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe I'm being a little glasses half empty, but when you're when you dominate like that, you should be scoring more goals, and the game should be a laugher. It shouldn't be a close game. Maybe I I, I saw a great compete level from Eichel when I was watching the game. He seemed frustrated at times when that puck went in off of him. He felt horrible. Yes. You could tell and. But Matthews really was on it. Like Matthews yeah. was locked in. That was a great game for Austin Matthews. It showed his, you know, his puck possession. It showed the ability to sort of hold up on the rush and wait for guys to set up. He circled around and nobody could get the puck from him. And then he would make a play. Really was having a great game. They seem to bring out the best in each other. I mean, it's a competitive yeah. thing. I mean, I, I, I don't think there's like any animosity between the two. I think they're friendly because they both come through USA hockey and uh, and they played on teams together before like in the in the in the world uh, the World Cup of hockey. But I think that Eichel is sick of hearing about Matthews being in Buffalo and, and Matthews being in Toronto and Eichel steps up his game against Matthews and then Matthews responds by he knows that Eichel is going to step up his game so he does the same thing. So um the, the one thing about that game last night, though, is the big guns came out for the Leafs. The, Tavares scored, Marner scored, Matthews scored. They got an empty net goal. So in that sense, they 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 and then they played pretty decent defensively as a opposed Nylander to Nylander scored. Yes, a Nylander not the well well one almost scored at one end. He right. Had a, William hit the post and then Tavares cashed in the rebound and Alex with a nice shot. Uh, scored his first of the year. 
And I was talking to some people in the press box last night and asked me like what the, what the, what the, uh, the viewpoint on Nylander is. And they said, well, he's only gone through one year of his ELC. Right. Um, and he might be the exception to the rule in terms of the Sabres and bottle moving out the Tim Murray guys. Uh -huh. Cause he's moved out the Justin Bailey's right. he's moved out the Nick Baptiste's. Um, he hasn't moved out Nylander. Now, th what they might be doing is playing Nylander so people will say, well, okay, maybe he's good, and then he gets a good return for him. And I get the feeling they're keeping him still. I do. I, I saw some flashes. He did score. We've got to remember, he's only playing 10 minutes a game, 10, 11 minutes. So right now you can't judge the amount of offense he's getting when he's not getting in all the right situations. I already see that there's still articles, is he a flop or not? Like, look, he's 21 years old. Give it a little rest. There's right. still time for this kid. And so I do think they still feel like there is time for him, and I think it's smart that they are getting him some games now, even if they mean sending him back. I mean, Rochester, are they in a playoff? Uh, I, I believe so. And, right. and he was let him play up. in the playoffs. You know, give him a right. little thing here and let him go back in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think the key for the Sabres, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of hue and cry right now about Phil Housley. And again, I, I was talking to some people in the press box last night and saying, you know, what do you what do you think is Housley in danger? And unless a Joel Quen, unless Terry Pagula offers Joel Quenville ten million bucks a year, I don't think Housley's being fired. And this is and, and again, not this is not I'm 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 not trying to insult the the Buffalo Sabers or the Buffalo fan base because I wouldn't do that because some of them are my friends and I don't want to get uh, punched in the back of the head. Right. Um, this is not a prime primo job right now. It's if they fire Housley. Okay. What, what teams do we know are going to be looking for coaches next year? Anaheim, it might be a Eakins, but it's, it could, you know, it could be a, a, an open search. So Anaheim, right. LA, right. De LA, definitely Edmonton. Definitely. Yeah. Maybe Minnesota. If they fire Boudreaux, Minnesota, St. Louis, St. Louis, but I think that uh, they may give uh, Barube the job since he got them in the going in the second half. Philadelphia calls fast enough or not? Right, Philadelphia. Philadelphia definitely. Okay, so of all those, and again, that doesn't mean Scott Gordon's out of a job. Just means no. they're going to inquire and see if they're in the running. So of all those, and by the way, the other mystery one, yeah. or still could be like Columbus, or, or Florida, or Florida, Florida too. So yep. of all of those, all of them, all encompassing, where does Buffalo list? Probably in terms of <clears throat> um, coaches wanting to go there, in terms of what they would be paid, in terms of what you have to work with. Um, with Florida, you have Barkoff, you have yeah. Huberto, you have Ackblad. Um, there will be, be some problems. Columbus, I mean, I mean they've got some promise there. Yeah, Columbus, you know, I I don't know if they're gonna fire Tortorella. If they make the playoffs, I think he's safe. Uh LA, you've got still got Dowdy and Kopitar, but there are problems. Anaheim, and maybe Jack Hughes. And maybe Jack Hughes. Edmonton, you have McDavid. Minnesota, you've got a, a bunch of players. I mean, Buffalo is Eichel, Middlestad, Darlene, very young. You don't know what they are yet. Yeah, see, Minnesota has more of the defense that I think Quenville likes. That mix of veterans, like a guy like Suter, guys he knows he could put out there for 25 Brodine. minutes. Brodeen. Brodeen, guys, horses. They have real horses. Right. And I could I could see that he he'll be he would be comfortable in the central division. 
St. Louis um, forces two on defense. Yep. Yeah. So um I think I think Quenville's staying in the West. Most likely. Um, but my my point is is that unless Terry Pregula opens up the checkbook and says, I will pay you anything, I don't think he's getting a big name head coach. So why do you fire Housley if you're gonna basically hire another Housley type, another young coach, his first job? Maybe you find something better. If you're blaming it all on Housley, I think that's sort of that that blame is sort of mis misdirected. It's easy. It's lazy. It's like it's more than that. Be happy that the team was a lot better this year. Be happy that you got what you got out of Jeff Skinner. That was massive. Yeah. Maybe you get to you know keep Skinner. That's the hope. And if you get to keep Skinner, this whole year was worth it. Like that's how you have to look at it. It's a long. It's still a long game for them. It, there's no quick fix for them. Well, the problem is, is that there still hasn't been any kind of finality on the whole Skinner front. And if you get to the end of the season, and he's still not signed. Then he's probably going to go to the five day window before the yeah. uh, before July first, and then you don't know where you stand. And then you have to basically plan on what happens if you can't sign him. It's going to be like the Islanders before Tavares left. You might get him back, but you might not. Um, okay. The problem is there's nobody good enough on the Bills to like give a call to Jeff Skinner to sort of sway him. You know, I mean, do you go back to like, you know, somebody from the past? Do you have Jim Kelly call him? Like, I don't know. No, he's too busy doing ECMC commercials. Okay. Um, okay. Now that's a hosp local hospital, by the way. Um, okay. Let's talk about the other, the game that everybody was talking about this morning that I saw none of because I was at the Sabres game, which was Tampa Bay and Washington as a preview of the potential Eastern Conference final. I, I saw the highlights. I saw a 5-4 victory for Tampa. You know, it was, it was emotional. It was fast paced. It was aggressive. And that's what you want out of playoff hockey. What what I what surprised me, Russ, is that they played this way in the regular season, risking injury, risking you know, for a game that basically had no meaning other than both pride. Because they both wanted that little, not bragging rights, but just that little see see we're the team. And you know what I learned from this game? They're both the team, and that's what we we all thought that they were. I mean, honestly, I didn't know who who really thought that that Washington was going to fall out of it. We all give Tampa a little slight edge. You have to, but Washington's right there. I will tell you, you know who had a great game was Jensen. That was the first time where I was like, you know, maybe that contract was worth it for him. He really had a terrific game. Now, Kempney's injured, right? That's um, – I I, did, did he get injured last night? I don't know. I think he got injured. Um, from the chat room will tell me because I was flipping around. But I, I liked what I saw. Yeah, lower body injury. Okay. So I liked what I saw. I thought that an interesting moment in that game, right, was Ryan McDonough pushing down Alex Ovechkin to the ice. Now, here's what I can tell you about Ryan McDonough. Like, I know him, obviously, from being on the Rangers. I also know that he is a workout freak. And he is freakishly strong, and he probably doesn't get credit enough for that because at the position he plays, he's not always leveling guys, but he wins a lot of those one-on-one -on -one battles. Mm -hmm. Well, he made it known yesterday that he was going to win that battle and make it very public, and he did. And Ovechkin came up pissed off. And I thought, you know what? That's a good tactical ploy there by McDonough to kind of show, you know, hey, you know what? Watch out. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm excited at the prospect of that being a potential Eastern Conference final match. I think there are a lot of teams oh, that will great. have something to say about it, though, like Pittsburgh and Boston. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, they're going to try to upset the apple cart when it comes to that potential meeting. Um, okay, two other games uh, out west. One uh, was the um, 7-4 victory by the Canucks over uh, the Ottawa Senators. I mean, both teams are out of it, but uh, – I mean, I don't. I, did you catch any of this, Russ? I did. I I saw Max Verano got his first NHL goal. He's got two points in three games. Former Princeton guy. Like I talked to him about him on the show. I've written about him for years. I've covered him for four years. I've never interviewed him because a lot of times with the college games, I don't go down and interview. I just really go to to check out the guys and write about them and and learn what they're about. This is really rewarding for me to see this kid do this well because. A lot of times with college free agents, there's a lot of hype, and I get it, and the and the, the guys don't reach the hype. But then there's also the dismissive tactic, well, how many of these guys actually make it and do something? And he is the one that I've been trumpeting from that team saying, I believe he'll make it and do something. And I told you guys, I think he'll get 40, 45 points a year when he plays a full year. Right now – He's riding a little hot streak, so you can't go by the small window. But he does everything you want an NHL to do. He's, he's got speed. He's not afraid to shoot. He plays a 200-foot game. He brings the puck up the ice. He does all those things and has been doing them. Mm -hmm. So I don't expect that to change for him. He's not a first or a second liner. He's a third-line guy. But a third-line guy in this league, you get 40, 45 points, you'll have a nice career. Right. And uh, the other game was Winnipeg and Anaheim. Winnipeg gets a three nothing shutout over the Ducks. They move, I believe, they move with that. They move ahead of Nashville. Um, they still have a game in hand, and now they're a point ahead of Nashville in the battle for the Central Division. One thing I heard, and I, I it, it's seeing the Predators play the Leafs. Um, I was a little surprised to hear this stat with the players that they have. They're thirtieth or thirty first in the league in the power play. And when you're considering a team going, you know, going into the playoffs, you know, you want a team that's really good on both special teams. I mean, especially, yeah, yeah. especially the power play, because if, you know, we know five on five, it's basically shut down hockey. So you have to take advantage of, of when you have the man advantage. And with Subban and with Johansson and Forsberg and Arvidsson and all the offensive firepower that they have, I mean, they're not a juggernaut, but they have good, talented players. To, for them to be last, that, that's that's scary. I mean, in terms scary. of their, their backs. Yeah, I don't, I don't I don't have an answer for that. Sometimes things change when you get in the playoffs, though. We have seen that. Now, a um, couple of little bits of news contract-wise. Let me go with the funniest here. Okay. And just like I've been saying, and, and look, I haven't said it with any conviction and I haven't written it. But clearly, Winnipeg is winning games without Dustin Bufflin. I'm not saying they're better without him. I just knew they'd have to play different, and and that's sort of interesting to me. But Brad Marchand didn't like an article that Joe Haggerty wrote the other day because the lead in I was, was going to bring this. In. <laughs> the lead in for Haggerty's article is what we learned in the Bruins' five nothing dominant defensive win over the Islanders. Are the Bruins better without Tory Krug in their lineup? At least defensively, there's an argument to be made. Brad Marchand answered it and said, what kind of garbage is this, Hags? You don't even watch the games, and you just stand at the snack bar the whole time. <laughs> wow. 
Well, I have to say that the snack bar at TD Garden it is great. <laughs> I've, ne I've never been there, but I've been told the desserts are fantastic. No, it's great. It yeah. Is. And and uh, yeah, I was. <laughs> I will. I will wholeheartedly admit, I was at the Sabers game, and before the before the game, I made sure I got a couple of items, and in between periods as well, but I was there watching every minute of the game on the ice. So I, I managed my time, but I, I mean, you know, that, okay, this is, this is Marchand sticking up for a teammate and also backing up his vote as the worst trash talker and the best trash talker by the yes. NHLPA. So he's, he's resorting to form. Yeah. He is. Yeah. It, it's, and it's nice that he didn't, he didn't, uh, Use his use his valuable time on Twitter to talk up Mitch Marner so he could try to uh, get his salary up to twelve million dollars a year. <laughs> so he's entertaining. We have to give him that. Yes. Uh, now a couple contracts. Now, okay, I and I'm I'm asking you to clarify here because I'm pretty sure if a player when we're talking about the last expansion draft, right, with Vegas, if a player was signed. Up until July first, meaning he was a UFA going into the expansion draft. They he that player was still, I believe that player was still eligible to fill one of the roles. Like remember, yeah, because you don't the guy is not off the team until July first. So yeah, right. You remember how teams had to teams had to had to uh, expose players who played a certain amount of games mm -hmm. and. Um, they had to be under contract, but technically they were under contract when the expansion draft happened. It's just a question of whether uh, a team like Seattle or a team like Vegas would take a guy who was a UFA in a week or right. something like that. But it it did satisfy the eligibility, I do believe. And the reason I bring that up is because the Leafs signed Nick Patan mm -hmm. this morning to a two-year contract. That means through the, through the 2021 season and the draft – the expansion draft is in late June before the NHL draft and a week before free agency. So technically if Patan plays enough games to qualify, then he would be able to be exposed by the Leafs. And I think that might've been the reason why they signed up for two years and not just one. Yeah. And, but again, he has to be healthy at the time. He has to still be on the team at the time. Right. And just right now he looks like he could be that guy. But it's a question of how many question of how many games he's gonna get played. Play yeah, because another whole thing, yeah, yeah. And then that's that's where the battle between Babcock and Dubis, which people are trying to sort of tamp down. It's it's not really a battle. I, I'm sorry when the coach comes out and says our team is not deep enough two yeah. days in a row. This isn't that, like they hate each other battle. This no, is it's a it's a it's a differences. It's a bug up his rear end, is what yeah. it is. It's bothering yeah. him, and he's not. And he's not. And Babcock has never been somebody to hold back. Right. Um, now we have to give Kevin Allen a bit of credit. Um, Why? Why are we giving him credit? <laughs> because Jimmy Howard signed a one-year, uh, four million dollar contract with the Red Wings, so he didn't get traded at the deadline. And the indication was that the Wings wanted to bring him back, so they brought him back and didn't. Give him have to give him a three or four year deal. They have a nice year. He's he's worthy yes. of the salary. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that he didn't. I'm surprised that he didn't get more in terms of term, unless he's just interested in going year by year. Right now, I, mean, I, I don't. I don't think he's 35. I think he's 33 or 30. I guess he likes the pizza. Pizza. No, no, that's in Toronto. They don't have pizza. They don't think the Little Caesars. You mean? Yeah. Don't they? 
their commercials pizza pizza too used to be oh god yeah 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 come on mike Snob. Oh, the thing, the, th the thing, the thing I brought up about forty-nine years, just to just to finish off on that point. Um, gave enough clues. Yeah, the Leafs win in Buffalo it was the first time in the history of the two franchise franchises that the Leafs swept the Sabers in a season series. Now you got to remember that most of the time when they were in the old Adams division, they played each other eight times. Yeah, so I'd be yeah. surprised if anybody swept anybody 8-0 unless it was Montreal sweeping, you know, Oakland or something. Yeah, they, they, that was, they always had like one – it was always like one weird team in a division. It was like Buffalo, Toronto, Montreal, Boston, Oakland. Or, you know, it was, like, it was always like some team. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, it was fun to watch that game because Jen Rett is really smooth as silk still. It's amazing. But – the other thing was, you know, they pointed out that Ken Dryden and his brother played there in a game, and they both came in as backups. Yeah, Dave Dryden was a Dave Dryden played for the Sabers, and I didn't even know there was a Dave Dryden. I oh, told, yeah. yeah, yeah, Dave Dave Dryden was with the Sabers. I think 72, 73, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I just got into hockey. I had no idea he existed, and the fact that they both got in there as backups that's pretty amazing. Um, I thought that was cool. Check you obviously out. don't care, but I thought it was cool. No, no, no. I, I do. Uh, you know, you marginalized it. That's um, fine. Uh, do we have any questions in the chat? I don't know. All right, let me look. Dave Dryden actually played 1962 for the Rangers, which proves my point. Everybody <sighs> plays for the Rangers. So he was old, he was the older brother. Yeah, he played one game for the Rangers. He played for Cleveland, Buffalo, oh. Chicago. The Oilers and well, the yeah Oilers and the WHA. Oh, who's this team actually? Is it? He played in a few for the WHA. He did play for Edmonton in seventy nine eighty. Yeah, the people don't realize Cougars. the Chicago Cougars. Mike, can you read the first question? My dog has to go to the bathroom. Um, or look for a question. I'll look for. I'll look for. I'll, I'll look for a question while while, while Russ is. Uh, doing a bathroom break here on the hockey buzzcast. Um, just, just one thing I'll, I'll, I'll mention this. Um, the, uh, I know that act mentioned in his blog, something about the global series uh, starting the 2019, 20 season. I know that uh, Victor Hedman and the lightning are going to be playing against the Sabres. I would assume it's in Stockholm, uh, you know, Darlene being the, the young, the young Swedish star, and and Hedman being the more established uh, Norris Trophy Trophy caliber star, and I mean I don't have a big problem with it, but I, I was talking to Russ earlier about the the folly of the of the uh, of Major League Baseball starting their season a week early to play games in Japan between Seattle and Oakland, and these games count. And they had like Ichiro Suzuki, a 45-year-old Ichiro Suzuki, playing playing in these games. It was like a goodbye tour. Yeah, and, his last two games. Yeah, it just it just sort of demeaned the the meaning of those games. It's like I'm sorry, like I, I you know, I expect I expect like you know, opening day of Major League Baseball to be in one of the home buildings and. You know, there to be sort of reverence for the game and not like, hey, come and see Ichiro. The last time you see Ichiro. I mean, I did enjoy the Ichiro moment, but but I get what you're saying. You know, you can tell that the teams don't love it because, like, the, their pitchers are going, like, four innings, you know. And and so they don't want to ruin their pitching staff on these games. All right, let me look in the uh, chat room real quick. 
Yeah, John Tavares has scored, scored the most goals in a single season since Matt Sundin. Um, Boy, I got that one right. I'll tell you that. He has he scored his forty first forty first last night. Um, Matthew, what was the weird goal? That was the one that came off of Eichel's um, shin guard, right? No, 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 no. Oh, I, actually, all the goals were weird. The, yeah. first, the the Matt the Matthews goal was a centering pass from Janssen that hit off Matthews' foot. The the uh, the, the Tavares goal was a one that hit the Neilander hit the post and the puck bounced up, yeah. landed right in front of him in the open net, and then Marner hit Ristolainen and skate. So they were all weird. Yeah, Lord wants to know any word on Zuccarello. He must be close to returning. I haven't heard word one. It's a broken arm. I mean, even if you use the hyperbaric chamber, I don't know. They said uh, minimum four weeks, and that was at the deadline, and we're not even at three weeks yet. So, yeah, so ask next I, week. Yeah, I would say I would say probably, ideally, they'd want to get him in for a game or two before the playoffs. Cam wants to know who do we think will be a good coach for the Oilers next year? Who do you guys think is a bad idea for the Oilers? Good idea would be uh, Joel Quenville, but I don't know if he would do it. Bad idea – would be Dallas Eakins. <laughs> well, they already did that. Elaine Vigneault. Um, you think that would be a bad idea? I do think it would be a bad idea. I think in that market, it's not a good fit for him. I mean, that's a tough one. I, I it's got to be somebody with gravitas. I mean, they got to go with the GM again. I just go with go go get Hextall and Pryor first, and then build it out from there. You know, that's the way I would do it. Would they hire Dave Haxtall as the coach? No, I don't think they would go that route. Okay. Because I think Nicholson would block that. Like, there would have to be, you know, Nicholson's going to be in on it too. So, from a coaching perspective, you know, maybe – I don't think you can get a college coach for the Edmonton market, so I'd say that's out. It's tough. I, I mean, Honestly, really tough. I think I think if, if Boudreaux were to get fired, you might have to look at a guy like Boudreaux. Boudreaux and Edmonton. Boudreaux with McDavid. Yeah, I mean, look, if nothing else, he what players do like playing for Boudreaux. We have to admit that. Yeah, okay. Um, any more questions? Any more questions? I don't think so, but I'm going to give one last run through. Okay. All right, let's see. Last run through here. Oh, uh, by the way, while, while you're looking, yeah. Um, today apparently was the day that the – Capitals go to visit uh, the the White House. Oh, it is. And according to this, according to this update, there will be no cer ceremony or media availability during the Capitals' visit, which means they don't no want. No wonder want to, I didn't get a thing for that. Wow. I was going to say, which means they wanted to make sure that it doesn't get out that Vladimir Putin is there as well. Yeah. Uh, Lance wants to know. Detroit's got some money. Should they get Jake Gardner? I say no way because you can't risk it with a guy with a bad back. If he comes back, plays a strong playoffs, plays every game, plays 20 minutes a game, maybe. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I, I was, again, talking to some people last last yeah. night. Gardner hasn't even stepped on the ice. Yeah. The, last, the last game he played was February 25th against Buffalo. He hasn't played since. Hasn't been on the ice at the practice facility. Nothing. And as you know, it's like it's you can't, especially from a back injury, you can't just step right out. Yeah, you're gonna have to be out there for a couple couple weeks doing practice, getting getting your conditioning back up to speed. 
Um, and it doesn't look it so. And based on what Babcock said last week, I don't think we're ever going to see Gardner. If, if we see him next year, that means they've re-signed him. Right. I, I don't think I don't think we'll see Jake Gardner in a, in a Leaf uniform again. So okay, all right. All right. We'll uh, leave on that happy note. Yeah, there you go. Joy to the world. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast. Sorry for the abbreviated show. Uh, for Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching, and remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.